Hey, y'all, before we get started, if you are enjoying this podcast, if you've listened to several episodes and have learned anything, if you'll do me a favor, take a screenshot and share this with someone who is a newbie in your life, who's interested in NFTs, but might feel overwhelmed. We want to get this education into the hands as many or the ears as many people as we can. So if you'll do me a favor and share this with one person in your life who you know would enjoy this content and have some fun learning about NFTs, we definitely appreciate it. Let's get into the show. You know something terrifying? Web3. Okay, maybe it's not, but it's definitely confusing. Now, whether you like it or not, the way that you talk to your friends, go to work, and hang out is all dramatically about to change. And we're going to let you know how right now. Look, are you interested in investing or collecting NFTs but are overwhelmed with all the information? Heather and I were true, true NFT newbies. We're going to break it down as we're learning, as we wander unafraid into the world of digital art. Listen, y'all, we're going to cure you of your FOMO, mildly educate you, and give our unqualified opinions and hopefully have a lot of laughs along the way. What is up, newbies? Look, everyone is talking about Web3 or web 3.0 for y'all you know academics but few people understand (laughs) what it actually is honestly i don't think anyone could define it plainly and and just truly sure it is it's the third part of the internet duh exactly in just a few minutes we are going to give you just an elementary high level understanding of web 3.0 based off of some of our research but you got to stay till the end because it might not be all that that's cracked up to be. All right. So the simple explanation, understanding of Web3, and please know y'all that this is changing and adjusting so much. I think everybody's trying to fully figure out what it is. But before I share with you what we found on Web2 version of the internet, uh, we want to hear what you think. How would you explain Web3? Comment, let us know, give us your very best newbie explanation. Who knows, maybe we might use it in a future episode. But Rich, what I understand Web3 to be is pretty simple. It's just a decentralized version of the internet. So the same thing that we've been learning about on the show with the efforts of the blockchain to pull power away from certain entities and make it more centralized. I understand Web3 to be something very similar where there's been a lot of issues with Web2, which we'll get into in a minute. And Web3 is hopefully going to solve that by dispersing the power. I don't know to who, I guess to everybody. It's going to be everybody up on her. Everybody's going to have power. (laughs) So thank you, Heather. It's a good thing we also did research and we have some articles here. Uh, I'll tell you one place I follow is CoinMarketCap, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna tell you what they said. Web three definition can be expanded as follows: Data will be interconnected in a decentralized way. Theme here: decentralized, 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 decentralized. Just remember that, which would be a hugely forward to our current generation of the interwebs, which is 2.0, where data is mostly stored in centralized repositor- repositories, meaning everyone's got your shit. They got your YouTube preferences. You ever watch NFTs for newbies and all of a sudden see it's suggested if you're not subscribed? That's not a coincidence. All that kind of stuff is what we're talking about. Everyone has our data in one way or another. And one more thing, Tech Times says Web3 is by nature decentralized, bing, 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 and self-governing. I don't know about that, which means 
that peer-to-peer platforms will be at its center. Naturally, this version of the internet will rely heavily on decentralized tools like the stuff we've been teaching you about, crypto, blockchains, and NFTs. Discord, which we're always telling you to join our Discord, do it. Discord is a peer-to-peer application, essentially. It's not controlled by an algorithm. It's not controlled by an entity. Uh, So that is just one kind of tiny example that we could give you of something that we're using right now that you might be using right now that is Web 3.0. Yeah, I think the implications of this, like NPR mentioned uh, in their article about Web 3, is they said, imagine never logging into Google again or Twitter again or Facebook again. All of this is going to be uh, centralized into one place. And I think that's, um, it's kind of, scary to me a little bit because it seems like everybody's like picking through your windows. Everybody's going to be knowing what's going on. There's not going to be something that you engage with or not engage with. Like it's all going to be centralized into one place, which I mean, solves the issue with all the data stuff. Everybody's all pissed about, um, you know, over the past few years, there's been lawsuits about Facebook using our data against our permission and so forth. I don't know about you, Rich. I feel kind of guilty, weird saying this, but that's never been a huge concern of mine. And it's probably because I live a very boring life. And if people want to know about me, go ahead. How do you feel? I'm not swimming in a pool of money. I don't have millions of dollars yet. So I don't really give a shit. Is it all about money though? Like, does it really matter? No, no. But I I will tell you, I'm glad you said that. Because like the followings we've established online, if we were to get hacked, I'd be like, fuck. You know, like we put a lot of time and effort into that. There's some really good content there. And now someone else is doing whatever. And then like, can I get my account back? Who am I going to get on the phone? You think someone on Instagram is going to get on the phone? They don't have anyone. They don't have people to monitor the phones at Instagram or Facebook. So in that case, yeah. But again, like that's the whole point of Web3. It's like, do you want to have to, you know, answer up to them? Do you want them to be the ones to solve your problems? Like the content doesn't belong to us people. Yeah. Okay. We're about to get into understanding what Web 1 and 2 is and the implications of Web 3 and something kind of controversial about Web 3 in general. But I will say that it there's a light and a dark side, I think, to the algorithm piece. The light side being, I don't want to see ads that aren't targeted to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like that they filter that stuff out because they show me stuff that's cute that I like that I it's it's a nice I think it's a perk I enjoy that the problem is is when we only see things that we agree with and that's where a lot of the um polarization comes and a lot of the conflict that we see online right now because we're all getting fed things that we naturally believe like your own political party Hey guys, we're going to take a really quick break to let you know about a course that I went through that I really loved and it's called NFTs Simplified. Now, this is from Sean Specey, who came out with this really short, easy to digest NFT course to help brand new newbies learn the how and why behind NFTs, how to buy NFTs, what in the world is minting phase, secondary market, a little bit about security. I originally connected with Sean because I loved his graphics and the way that he was able to draw out and literally simplify this whole NFT game. And even being in the space for quite a while and understanding some of these basic concepts when I went through the course, I just loved it and actually learned some things. It's linked up in the show notes. It's NFTs simplified and it's only 19 bucks. So click over there, grab the course. If you're like me and you need to see things visually drawn out, Sean's going to help you out. Again, that is NFTs simplified. 
So the funny thing is that you don't mind that the ads are at least pretty relevant to you, right? But at the same time, they're relevant to you because they have your data and can target you and a marketing agency can do blank, blankety blank and make sure that you fall into that thing. Like this, that that's yep. centralization. Like the data is centralized so that other people could exploit it, so to speak, or at least fucking sell to you. I get it, you know, like I, I, I completely get it. So it's just funny that no one's ever going to be satisfied. You know, I'll just put it to you that way. Trace. That's what I think. No one's going to be satisfied with how little or more we do. People always want to evolve. People are going to be like, I don't want to do that. No one wanted to do online banking. You did Carvana, didn't you? Right. Once? Is, is that what you didn't? You, yeah. Mm -hmm. car, like, mm -hmm. that's strange to me. Like, you're going to bring the car to my house. No, no, man. I'm used to going to the dealer and fucking going back and forth with the dude for however long and doing it that way, homeboy. Plus, I want my discount. Like, the way things evolve, the way things evolve, are, I mean, like, people are just going to be unhappy no matter what. And that's just kind of my mindset going in. A hundred percent. So comment, let us know what you think. Are you, uh, do you have an issue with your data being sold? Is that a big, big deal to you? Or are you kind of like us? There's some pros and cons to it, but let's briefly remind ourselves. And let me be honest with you. I learned for the very first time what web one, web two was. Cause I'm like web three. I'm like, there were two other versions of it. I didn't know. I just think of the internet. Uh, there's a really fantastic uh, YouTube video that we'll make sure we have linked up where there's an awesome explanation of how this was presented to Congress about Web 1, 2, and 3. And so what I understand Web 1 to be was this analogy of a billboard, a billboard where there is information and people walk by that billboard, they consume the information, and then they leave. Essentially, that's what Web 1 was, is it was literally just information on there. There was no interaction. There was no, I'm going to start a blog. There's no, I'm going to tweet at Rich. I would go there and receive whatever information was on the internet at that that time. And that was it. There was no engagement, which led to web two. Yeah. Static content. You don't necessarily have to go to your encyclopedia. So here's a couple of things. It's super techie, but the first three fundamental technologies that became the foundation of uh, the World Wide Web, HTML, URLs, and HTTP. I'm not going to go into those, but th that's just important that we acknowledge that. And then I'm going to go into web point two, which is instead of just looking at that billboard and having place a, a static web pages that had information, now we're getting into creation. We're getting into people like you and me creating content. Uh, people like you and me selling to other people, socializing, networking, connecting, users connecting to buyers. Meeting our booze, you know what I'm saying? Like getting you a date. Come on. Meeting our booze. Shoot. My wife has a friend who calls her boyfriend her boo thing. I'm like, what? I like the that. What do you mean you like that? <laughs> My, she said, she's so, so like, just it's imagine cute. we're having a conversation and I'm her. She'd be like, oh, my boo thing. He lives in freaking New York City. Oh, she's, so she's not trying to be cute. Like, that's his name to her, is boo thing. I guess so. Hey, boo it's thing. so ridiculous. Okay. So Focus. anyway, Heather, Heather, Heather. So when you were trying to get dates on Web 2.0, you had to have a social media handle. What was your first social media handle? I'm very embarrassed about this, but my very first email address, social media handle, all the things was a punk rock prom queen. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. Oh, I told you. Oh, I told you. Man. I told you. Dang. 
It's Friend Josie and the Pussycats. I'm a punk rock prom queen, brown paper magazine. <laughs> I told you you weren't ready for it. Wow. A punk rock prom queen at hotmail.com. You could hit me up. Oh, my God. Um, what was yours? Before I tell you guys mine, leave yours in the comments, please. I want to know your awesome handles that you used to have on AOL Instant Messenger or AIM. I was Corona's 15. It was... <laughs> I was a big underage drinker, and I used to say I was a Corona killer because I would kill so many Coronas, and 15 was my football number, so I was like, Corona's 15 at AOL.com. What's your age, sex? You trying to meet? What up? That was me. I don't think we would have been friends in high school. Anne said that too, my wife. That we wouldn't have been friends or that she wouldn't have been friends with you? That she wouldn't be friends with me, just like you said you wouldn't be friends yeah. with me. I don't think so. I don't think you could have handled the punk rock prom princess, though. I don't think you guys could have handled me. Back to Web 2. What are the issues with Web 2? So why do we need a Web 3? I don't understand. Web 2 sounds good. We got punk rock prom queen. We crushing Coronas. I mean, come on. Why do we need a Web 3? Okay, so so when you look back at Web 2.0, like so many things came from it. A lot of companies that we love and hate came from it. Airbnb, Facebook, now Meta, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Companies were born from it. Apple, Google, I'm um, looking at Netflix. Um, but the gist is we all in some way, shape, or form, even though we consume it, we feel controlled by it. There's people who want Netflix to fail. There's people who want Facebook to go away forever. There's people who are like, Amazon, Jeff Bezos could burn a million dollars in cash in his front lawn every day for the rest of his life. And he would still have billions and billions of dollars. Why isn't he feeding everyone? Like, So there's just like this, this unsettling, which is leading to the push for decentralization. And also with so many people putting so much information and people trying to censor it, there's fake news. There's people talking about fake news, controversy. It's just like reached a tipping point. And that's what I think is happening here with Web 3.0. Yeah. And so I think it's very simple. I know it's complex thinking about, you know, the blockchain and what decentralization actually is going to look like. But if you think about what Rich just shared, it's a very simple concept. It's a response from what I understand to all of the backlash and anger from people for control. And it's 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 the heartbeat of it is decentralization, openness, and greater utility. Barnes Lee, and this is a direct quote from him. I like the way that he explained decentralization. He just said, no permission is needed from a central authority to post anything on the web. There is no central controlling node and no single point of failure, no kill switch. This also implies freedom from the indiscriminate censorship and surveillance. So essentially, if this is done well, and if it's done the right way, this could be the solution to all these issues that everybody's been harping about over the past couple of years. There is no corporations. There is no logging into this and that. There is no data being sold. There is no algorithms. There's none of that, which, again, is simple. It's hard to picture that because that's what we've been saturated with over the past several years. Yeah. So let me like put it to you this way. We are in Web 3.0 right now as it is beginning. So like for us to even accurately depict like what it's going to mean or for anyone, like we said at the beginning, to say what it is as of now and what it potentially can be. But there's too much to kind of take away from it. So I'm going to talk about some defining Web 3.0 features that we're already kind of seeing. Decentralization. I wanted to read this. 
This is from Cointelegraph. There is a core tenet of Web 3.0. In Web 2, computers and use HTTP in the form of unique web addresses to find information which is stored in a fixed location. Okay, so basically all it's saying is we type in an address, it's stored somewhere, we're able to go retrieve it because we typed in a certain address is at a fixed location on a single server. Okay, I'm not a techie dude, okay, trust me. But then it goes, with Web3, because information would be found based on its content, it would be stored in multiple locations simultaneously and hence be decentralized, kind of like a blockchain. This would break down the massive databases currently held by internet giants like Facebook, now Meta, and Google, and undo enrichment by handing greater control to users. Again, this is about us not relying on them, us not being controlled by them, and that's what the kind of movement is. So that's one defining feature. Trustless and permissionless is another feature. AI and machine learning, just think Siri, think, uh, I don't know, what is it for Google Voice, I guess is what it's called. And then connectivity and ubiquity. Uh, I don't know what ubiquity means. So we're going to move on to the next thing, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is the main thing. We're going to end here. This is important to question. Do you really believe that this is going to happen? Do you really believe that this is going to be centralized? Do you really believe that there's not going to be corporations getting their stinky ass hands up in there and try to manipulate everything and make a bunch of money? Comment. Let us know what you think. Jack, co-founder of Twitter, what recently said back in December, you don't own Web3. The VCs and their LPs do. It will never escape their incentives. And it's ultimately a centralized entity with a different label know what you are getting yourselves into. I like this response. So this comes from at Balaji's. I respect you and everything you've built, but I also disagree here. Twitter started as a protocol, the free speech wing of the free speech party, and then corporate and political incentives led to deplatforming and censorship. Web3 offers the possibility, not guarantee, of something better. So he's coming in here and being like, yo, man, you believed in this at one point. Are you just bitter? Comment, let us know. What do you think? Are you optimistic? Are you bullish or bearish over Web3? All right, everyone. We will see you next time. Peace. Peace.